welcome to Silk Digital Marketing Mastery, your go-to podcast for elevating your digital marketing success as a female business owner. I'm your host, Sam, founder of Silk Digital, with over six years of experience working with clients from startups to established brands. Each week, my guests and I will provide insider knowledge and expert guidance on social media, email marketing, digital advertising, and more. On this show, you can expect to learn how to create irresistible marketing messages that connect with your dream customers, establish an unbreakable brand identity that they can't help but trust, and develop a holistic approach to your marketing that supports your business goals. I know that as a female entrepreneur, you face unique challenges when it comes to building your brand and growing your business. That's why I'm here to provide you with the tools, strategies, and insights you need to take control of your marketing and achieve your goals. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, this podcast is for you. Get ready to learn, be inspired, and take your digital marketing game to the next level. Hi friends, welcome back to the Silk Digital Marketing Mastery Podcast. I'm excited to bring you today's episode. I have a, another guest with me. This will be my second guest episode, which is super cool. But Shannon Hill is joining me today. So Shannon is a mum of two beautiful young girls and Shannon's so ambitious and driven. If you follow her on social media, you will see she's, I don't know, she just has her life together. <laughs> Um, but she's actually pursuing her business and career dreams as a results activator, mindset shifter, and emotional intelligence facilitator. She's super committed to guiding individuals on a journey towards basically realizing their desires in life are only actions away from happening. So she coaches and mentors her clients through these and her philosophy lies with a strong emphasis on emotional intelligence and behavioral profile, which we chat about in the episode. We also discuss her businesses that she has. So she's been a product-based business and is now a service-based business as well. And we talk about the difference between the two and how she markets across both. We talk about multi-channel marketing which is you know obviously a key topic that I like to discuss and where my marketing beliefs lie so we touch on that. This episode really dives into a lot about mindset and emotional intelligence and how that looks not just for being a business owner but just in general and how anybody can benefit from being more emotional intelligent and self-aware. I find this topic really interesting because business is such a huge personal development journey and so to be more self-aware and more emotionally intelligent I think is really important for everybody to learn and it just makes you better all around. So I think that you'll get a lot from this episode and Shannon also shares with us some exclusive updates for her business which is really exciting. So I really enjoyed this chat with Shannon and I hope you do too. Well, thank you so much, Shannon, for joining me on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on here. Now, a lot of people, I like to just start off by getting to know who you are and what you do. So who is Shannon Hill? What does she love doing in her spare time? Oh, I love this. So I'm Shannon Hill. I'm a bit of everything. So I'm a mum of two young girls, two and four. I'm a wife, a business owner, entrepreneur. I've also got a career as well. So it's kind of a bit of a mix. Um, so that's kind of who I am. I'm 28 and yeah, just really enjoying being more present and mindful this year. So that's kind of what I'm doing with my spare time, just being more happy with just, you know, being on my own and also having that time to reflect and see where yeah I want to go in life. Amazing. And you mentioned, yeah, you're a business owner. Tell me a bit more about your businesses because I know you have a few of them. It's not just the one. So I don't know how you manage them all, but tell me a bit more about them. 
Yeah. So I started off with Stamp It. So I started that while I was on maternity leave with my second child. Uh, It was kind of an introduction to, I guess, you know, entrepreneurship, which has been a really like a great experience. So it's a product-based business. It's custom business stamps and fabric ink stamps for schools, aged cares, daycares. So it was kind of something that I just read into and I was like, yep, this is something that's not in Australia yet. We'll bring that out and see how it goes. And it kind of just went from there. And it's been a really great first experience because, you know, I've learned so much from an e-commerce business that I've also brought into my service-based businesses. So now I also created a service-based business that's called LinkFon, which is Linksfire Online, which is a bit of a pause at the moment. And that kind of dives into the way that I've been reflecting on life to take a step back and really live, I guess, aligned with my values in life and my desires. So something that I'm doing at the moment is just putting a pause on that and really going into the mentoring and coaching space, which is the Shannon Hill brand. And that's really taken off, which I kind of knew it would, but not to the level that it has. And it's definitely my cup of tea, if that makes sense. Like something that really aligns with me due to my nursing career that I've had. I miss that human contact and that helping, um, you know, patients and residents. Now I get to do that in a different space. That's so cool. And I love that you have your other business, your service-based business, that then you're like, all right, there's, I just want to put a pause on this because something else I'm more passionate about. How did you kind of make that decision? Because I feel, you know, as business owners, and you would know that when we start something, it's really like you just want it to work out. And so to then like make that decision to be like, hmm, no, this isn't right yet. This is, yeah, got my heart. Like, how did you, yeah, because I feel like that wouldn't have been a very easy decision to just make. It was very hard. It took a long time. Like it was six months back and forth. You know, us entrepreneurs, we kind of have a type A personality where our head's going a million miles an hour. So it took a little bit to just sit there, brainstorm, reflect on where I actually want to be in life going forward. It's all good and well to have a business idea and opportunity come, but sometimes it doesn't really go with the life that you want to live. So when you start (laughs) to realize that and you're like, okay, what do I actually want? you go, oh, okay, this is probably not really aligned to what I want to be doing every day. So I think the more I started working on myself, the closer I got to making that decision and the easier it was to make that decision. Yeah, beautiful. And we're like working on yourself. I've spoken a bit about this, I think, and I'm the biggest advocate for business being like the biggest personal development journey. And sometimes you don't even realize that going into business, but for you, what does like working on yourself, what did that look like? And I guess, how do you now like you know incorporate that into your day-to-day life I think the biggest catalyst for my personal development was really learning who I wanted to be so it was all good and well to just go okay in the moment I'm like yeah I know who I am I know a lot about me I know you know my values but it was like what are the values of the person that I want to become because I don't want to be who I am today in 10 years time five years time so it was really digging deep into the future I know a lot of people go well I just live in the present moment but To me, life is so much more than just that because what we do now changes who we'll be in the next five years. So if we continuously just keep doing the same thing and just saying, oh, I'll push on, I'll just do it because it could potentially make me that money or get me Mm. to where I want to be, but they're not going, but do I actually want to be spending my time doing that? So that's kind of the biggest thing for me is reflecting on, yes, who I am now, but where I want to be. Um, going forward and how I want my family to look like. What would I tell my girls growing up? Oh, go through dreams or just settle for who you are. So I think really digging deep into who I want to be and what my goals are in life was definitely the biggest change. 
Yeah, that's so cool. And I feel like you're so right with it saying, you know, everyone's so much like live in the present moment. But yeah, it's like, okay, but then where do I want to be in the future? Like, and that's going to change my day today. And that's going to change my present moment because I'm working toward, you know, this better person or better version of myself. So I want to know a bit more about your coaching side and like, I guess, who you work with and I suppose philosophies, because I feel there's a lot of different like coaches out there, whether they're just business coach, mindset, you know, fitness, even, you know, there's so much out there. So tell me a bit more about that. Yeah. So my coaching and mentoring side of business has kind of evolved over the last six to 12 months. When I first went into it, I was like, yeah, I'll probably just, you know, help people just on a like a personal basic level. And yeah. then I really looked into what coaching and mentoring meant. And it's very different. So the coaching and mentoring space, as we know, it's not regulated. Anyone can be a coach. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, how can I learn to be a good coach? How can I learn to be the best coach for my clients to make sure they get the results that they deserve? So I kind of looked into that, researched that, and found an incredible place to study coaching and mentoring. So in that process and what I'm doing with this college is that we actually learn and become qualified in all areas, relationships to parenthood, to hypnosis, to NLP, to emotional intelligence, to profiling, to pretty much uh, team performance, peak performance, leadership, communication. So there's many different areas. So I found Mm -hmm. that if I can understand and relate to all of them, even that I might not be all those branches, you know, I might not be like, oh, I'm a mindset coach or I'm a business coach. But just being able to understand them as a whole and what they do, no matter what area of life they're coming to me for. So I think for me, it was really focusing on learning all the areas, understanding coaching and mentoring from an educational point as well, not just what I think coaching and mentoring is and what's out there. And I want to be different. So I want the credibility. I want the experience. I want the certifications. I want it all because then I can show up confident in myself when I'm delivering the messaging or the education. Yeah, I love that because like you said, and I think a lot of the time we don't realize, well, I certainly didn't, that it is such an unregulated industry. So to have something that you're actually getting the certifications for, because I know not not always is it super important, but I think it does just make you, you know, you're above, you're the next level up than somebody else, in my opinion. If I was wanting to work with a coach, for example, and you had that qualification and you've studied all these things, you're just like adds so much more into your like toolbox of, you know, things that you can work with clients for. So are you still studying? Yeah. So as I go along my studies, I become qualified in different areas. Yeah. So it's not like I have to wait to the end to receive the yeah. qualification. So there's multiple qualifications in one. So there's like, you know, uh, advanced diploma in peak performance and executive coaching. Then there's also a diploma in life coaching. I'm not calling myself a life coach, but I have that yeah. banner to be able yeah. to go into corporate and do. So at the moment, I'm a facilitator for emotional intelligence and disc profiling which is self-assessment for personality and behavioural programming and just understanding you as a person more. So then when you go into corporate or if you do have a career or in your business or personal life, you can really understand your weaknesses, strengths and your goals and what to outsource more, what to really hone in on and how to understand you and kind of benefit from that. So they're kind of the areas that I'm heading towards. I'll be qualified as a mindset coach, so actually have accreditation and qualifications. So that's a part of it as well, which has been incredible. Um, We also study business, so more the fundamentals Mm -hmm. of business of not only for ourselves, but if we do get asked that question during our coaching experience, we can um, ask the right questions. And I think that's the biggest thing and misconception with coaching is they think that we coaching and mentoring are the same. 
but they're completely different. So coaching is asking the questions, getting your client to come up with their own answers and really get them to see it in their light rather than us because we have our own opinion and model of the world. We don't really want to impose our experience and our life onto, I guess, other people, whereas mentoring is more experiencing and sharing your knowledge and experience and past experiences. That's so cool. I've never, you know, I've worked with, I guess, a business coach or a mentor. I don't even know now like what they were referred to, but I've never really knew that there was a difference, but that makes so much sense now that there is like a huge difference. And I think that's important. Or if you are wanting to work with either or like to know the difference, because it's a huge misconception. Are you more in the coaching space, sorry, or mentoring? I kind of, they. what I got taught and what is out there is coaching first and then mentoring. Yep. So when you have mastered coaching, right. go into the mentoring space. But I feel like with my nursing of eight years, I did coach a lot through people, yep. through their last you know stages of life, horrible diseases, conditions. I was there, I was coaching them along their way and being with them, I guess, through that journey. So for me, I feel like I do have a bit of a head start in the coaching area mm-hmm. due to my past careers. But then the mentoring, I kind of adapt depending on my clients. So they'll come to me and mm-hmm. they'll be like, yep, this is what I want to come to you for. Da, da, da. This is what I want to get out of you. And then I go, okay, they need some more mentoring than coaching. No, they'll need some more coaching first. And then we move into it. So I kind of transition between the two, which some people say, oh, no, that's not the best way to do it. But it's something that I've found that works for me. And I think that's the biggest yeah. thing in business is you work and you find out what works for you and what doesn't, because what works for one doesn't mean it will work for the other. A hundred percent. And so what are you finding most clients come to you for? Like, is there more of like a key theme or is it very different? Like, I don't know, give me an example of, I guess, maybe a session or how you would work with with a client. So it's very diverse at the moment because I've been getting to that like niching down phase of my business. I feel like at the start, a lot of my clients come to me for time efficiency, productivity, time management, scheduling, organization, and just kind of juggling motherhood or if they've got a career in business, like, you know, Mm. kind of just the juggle. Now I'm noticing a lot of clients coming to me for that emotional intelligence and really wanting to learn themselves at a deeper level, their strengths, their weaknesses, how they can kind of have more clarity around where they want to go. So I'm finding it's changing as I'm evolving and the more studies that I do and education that I get. But yeah, it's kind of at the moment very uh, diverse, but I will be niching down to particular areas as I go. With the emotional intelligence, like I find uh, I'm really interested in that, but I feel maybe a lot of people might not know what it is. What is it and how is it super important? Like just not only in business, but like just living day to day. So I feel like emotional intelligence is something that a lot of people don't know about. Maybe yes, entrepreneurs do and business owners might know some or have heard of it, but it is so important just in general life because emotional intelligence can impact every area of life, not just business, not just career, but the way that you show up in your relationships, the way that you parent your children. So emotional intelligence is about self-awareness, self-regulation, you know, the relationships that you build, social awareness, how you communicate, how you have empathy for other people. So I think emotional intelligence is probably a bit underrated. It's very different to IQ. So IQ is more set in stone. You know, you can play with it a little bit to increase your IQ, but not much. That's what the research shows. But emotional intelligence definitely can be an area of improvement and you can become more emotionally intelligent. So what I've been doing and what I'm now qualified in is to facilitate trainings with corporate and individuals to really get them to be more self-aware, self-regulate their emotions, understand emotions. You know, there's 3,000 different types of emotions. So most people only really know sad, happy, angry, 
you know, they don't really dive mm. into how they're feeling and really pausing and reflecting on what's caused and triggered that emotion. Also, you know, when, when we snap or we get angry, you know, understanding emotional hijacking, what part of the brain's actually triggering that and really understanding it on a deeper level so you can show up in your career as the best version of you. So you can show up in your relationship, understand, you know, other people's perspectives. So we might look at people's actions as bad, but it might be that they're not really emotionally intelligent. So they're having this emotional hijacking all the time. So then if you can be more emotionally intelligent, you can then build that better rapport and communication and probably de-escalate situations because you go, "Mm, well, they're probably not really aware of their emotions. So let's just take a step back and and we'll be the better person in in the conversation. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? How like huge just having that self-awareness is like for everything in life and even dealing with other people do you have any like advice or recommendations or where you would even suggest with clients and how you work with them on becoming more self-aware like just getting to the real basics of I guess having more emotional intelligence yeah so another part of what I do now is emotional intelligence um, kind of training as well so uh, like I said the facilitating but I also debrief through the report of their emotional intelligence. So I know how to read the whole report and go through what they could look at, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, as well as disc profiling. You know, they go hand in hand, but for different reasons. And I think emotional intelligence is so important, especially in business as well, because it has a big impact on the decisions that we make, the way that we do our customer service, the way that we show up on social media, the way that we deal with conflict. So I think the more people that dive into emotional intelligence goes, oh, wow, like it actually has a big impact on business. So I think that's the area that I'm, what I've noticed my clients are coming for now that I'm sharing more about emotional intelligence and the personality and behavioral profiling. I think, yeah, business and career paths of emotional intelligence is very important. Yeah, crazy. And is there like a, so is there like a, um, like an emotional intelligence kind of quiz or test or something that you can do that, that then gives you that report that you you analyze yeah so through the company that I work through so you can obviously do the ones online like there's many and yeah. I can share that on my social media and with clients I do but also I do provide a more detailed um, emotional intelligence test and then that builds yeah. a report and that's where I debrief the report over two hours with them and we get to like really the nitty-gritty of understanding them and their emotional intelligence yeah, that's so cool. I love that kind of thing where you do. It's like with human design. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but yeah, you do your human design, but then you get this chart or this report and you're like, well, I don't know how to read it. Like, So to have somebody like you who is qualified in it to actually understand it and then be able to you know, implement and make those changes, would you then like say after a time period of, I don't know, maybe six months or whatever it might be, does that person then like do the test again to see if there's been improvements or how do you kind of like, or is it just like they just know because they're dealing with things in a different way? Yeah, so it's something they can do like 12 months later, two years later to see how their emotional intelligence has improved. So with this yeah. profiling, the uh, personality and behavioral profiling, that's something that they do once and you may do it again in three or five years time, but it's something that kind of is who you are and that's your personality and behavior types. Right. Yes, you can become more flexible and adapt to situations, but in terms of emotional intelligence, it is something that you can work on and I guess see changes in the report over time. Yeah, that's so cool. Do you think like, again, because I know you're a mom of two, you've got all your businesses, your wife, you've, you know, friends and family. Do you think having this, like, I guess, qualification and interest in like the emotional intelligence and, and that side of things has really helped you just like 
to be able to juggle everything because I feel like with all those things, like I don't know how you do it. I feel like the biggest thing for me was really separating motherhood and my businesses and not having that guilt all the time. So I had this guilt like, oh my God, I'm missing out or I want to be doing my business and like kind of like stuck in the middle until I realized that you can develop that balance and it's really just mastering that juggle. Like it's not 100%. You're never going to be 10 out of 10. You're always going to, you know, need improving. But it's just really about being time efficient and being prepared. Like I said, look in the future. That's also with your day-to-day stuff. Be organized, be prepared. And that also helps with your emotional intelligence because the more organized, the more prepared you are. When it comes to the time that you're, you know, frazzled and stressed, uh, it kind of allows you to be more composed and relaxed and calm, especially in parenthood. Mm -hmm. I know when I was stressed with Stamp It, when I first started out and it went crazy, I was really noticing, you know, uh, not short-tempered, but more reactive in situations and I would snap a lot easier. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to be this person. This is the future me. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. So what can I do? So I feel like the emotional intelligence training and all the learnings that I've been doing through NLP and my studies through the college have really allowed me to be more aware of who I am and also aware of my emotions because I want to be proactive and I want to be responding rather than reacting. So that was a big focus yeah. of mine in 2023, which the entire life declutter was a part of becoming more calm and being more relaxed. We get a choice. Yeah. So it's about being more aware and diving into these areas to, I guess, understand you as a person. So then you can be a better parent, a better wife, better partner, better you for you, like for yourself as well. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, like, as I said before, I feel being in business, it is a huge personal development journey. And, you know, it's probably managing the stress and then seeing how that then like filters over into your other everyday life and then being like, actually, I don't want to be this person. So, you know, or, you know, showing up online, like I know that's been a big thing um, for not only me, but so many people that I talk to that are new to business, because obviously being on social media, like even that's a big mindset thing. So, I know like we were just chatting before we started recording this and I was like, we have to talk about this on the episode, but just like being more, I guess, confident and showing up online, like you've had all your businesses. How have you, I don't know, like where did that confidence come from or to just show up because you're posting online, you know, I see you showing up on your stories and you're really being on TikTok. So yeah, I'd love to know like, know a bit more about how you are able to do that because it is like a huge, I feel confidence thing. I feel like the personal development journey and really digging deep into these studies has allowed me to be more confident, especially after I did the NLP training, which is neuro-linguistic programming training that I did to become a practitioner. It allowed me to be more confident and kind of understand me as a person and realize why other people's opinions and judgments are really, they don't really matter, right? Because at the end of the day, these people are not going to support us. They're not going to be there along our journey. So I kind of put a barrier up going, well, whatever they say really doesn't matter. Like let them talk. If they want to unfollow me, they can unfollow me. If they want to talk about me behind my back, they can talk about me. Because at the end of the day, I'm building a life that I love to live. Like every day I'm happy. I'm joyful. I get to live a life where I'm there for my girls. I'm there for pickup. I'm there for drop off. I get to build a relationship, be there more for hubby and I rather than shift work nursing. Like when I look back at the things that I've done to create this and where I am in my life, I'm so happy and content with myself that I don't need the validation anymore from anyone else. And that was not the case throughout my childhood and my my teenage years. I would always seek other people's validations. I was never a follower, but I would just like to be mm-hmm. validated. Whereas 
now mm-hmm. after all this work, I'm like, I'm going to show up. Like if they want to unfollow me, they want to talk about me, that's a reflection of who they are. They are obviously not happy with their life. If they think that showing up on social media makes you a bad person, then I think they need to sit there and reflect of who they are. So I think understanding other people's perspective, that they're not bad people, they've just got an opinion, they've got their model of the world, it's fine, they can live their life. If they want to talk about me, then that's on them. They're the ones that look bad. Yeah. I will just show up and make sure I have empathy, compassion and integrity when I show up at my forefront and ethics then I know that I'm not doing no wrong so it doesn't matter it's so true and I feel like you've just worded that like so well and put it together because it is more of what other people are thinking it's not you they're on their own journey and so yeah but I feel you show up like you can really see that when you are showing up when you are like you know posting your videos and things like that that all of your like integrity, I guess, shines through. And I feel people then really relate to that. And I like, it really does inspire a lot of people that are following you and the ones that don't matter, they don't matter. So (laughs) with your, like the growth of I Know Stamp It, you said just before how that really took off, you know, super quickly, like what do you think the, I guess, catalyst for it growing so fast was like, and I guess, what can you attribute that to the, the quick growth? I would say a couple of things. One, I was kind of the first in Australia to bring that type of product out. So the demand was there. One, And also being mums as the demographic, <laughs> kind yeah. of a good market to be in as well. And I think from the marketing side of things was the collaboration with influencers, building the rapport, the connection right. with them. So a lot of um, the influencers that promoted Stamp It are now over on my Shannon Hill that follow me, see what I do and really inspired of what I do. So I think, you know, some people are scared to go out there and reach influencers and communicate communicate with them. But honestly, some of them are the most down-to-earth people and are willing to help your business and support you along your journey. So I think the biggest thing would be, one, the the product that I brought out to Australia, two, the demographic that I had, my ideal target person. Number three would be influencers um, and timing, I think, as well. So there's a few reasons why I think it took off. And I think it was the way that I showed up on social media, the way that I showed my product. And I just made it simple and fun. Like I didn't make it complicated. And I I also put that personal spin, especially at the beginning of my journey of who I was, that I was a mum and shared that journey as well. So people kind of related to that. Um, and I showed up all the time in the beginning. Well, I, I'm probably not as efficient in that front right now, but I showed up every day on my Stampin' account. Yeah. And I think that just built the rapport and the connection. Yeah, beautiful. And with the influencers, because I feel, I, I mean, like obviously it's still a huge, like that's still a huge market for it. I guess from like my own experience a couple of years ago, well, it's probably like 2016, 2017, when it was like the be all and end all, like that's what you did. Are you still using influencers now? Like, or was that just in the early days? What does that look like for the business? I feel like it was more in the early days to get that brand awareness, to get my name out there, to get that following behind me. Now I'm not so much, again, it does take time. It does take time to communicate, yeah. build that rapport and pick the correct influencers. So it's not just something that's easy to do. So now that I've taken that little bit of a step back and really focusing on my coaching and mentoring, it's not as a priority. But yeah. if I was to make that my sole focus, I would definitely still be reaching out to other influencers and, you know, even micro influencers, it could be the smaller amount, like, you know, 20,000, 25,000. And I think there is a misconception of the bigger following they have, the more sales. I think that's Mm -hmm. not correct because I would notice like even myself, if they're not the right person, the right fit, if they're not mums, if they're not you, for me, because obviously mum was a product mainly for mums, 
the sales would be low. So it's about making sure that you, you know, do your due diligence before you jump into influencing marketing and make sure you have contracts. And I learned my lesson in the beginning that not everyone that says they'll post for you and you'll send free products will. I had a mm-hmm. massive influencer in Australia that I sent products to that um, never posted. I actually sent four times. They kept asking for different products wow. and they never posted um, and they're massive in Australia. So it's very yeah. interesting. So just, you know, write up your contract, make sure you tick all the boxes before you go ahead because there are regulations coming in place in that field. So, yeah, just be very aware. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think a lot of people just assume I'm sending them product, they're going to post, but it's crazy that it often is like the bigger influencers or like creators and stuff that, you know, you would think are going to do the right thing often don't. So I feel like that's really good advice. With your current business now, how are you marketing and what are your sort of, I guess, tactics and strategies around, you know, getting out there more and sharing what you do? Yeah, so the Shannon Hill, the mentoring and coaching side between TikTok and Instagram have definitely been just showing up every day, sharing content that's relevant to my ideal client. But also going forward, what I will be doing is networking a lot more as well, going to some more networking events, getting my name out there, heading into the corporate space, because obviously I was a team leader during my nursing career. So I was a leader for most of pretty much the eight years and the manager as well. So being kind of in that space, I really want to go into the corporate world or to businesses and implement the emotional intelligence program and get people to be more aware because I think it's such a big thing going into the era that we're in with social media, emotional intelligence and social media and the way that people do life. And sometimes, you know, then it's for improvement. And I think the more emotionally intelligent people that we have, the better for our businesses, the better for our community. Yeah, amazing. And with, I guess, TikTok and Instagram, are you finding there's a big difference between like your audiences and like the content you're posting on there and and what sort of works on those platforms? Yeah, definitely. I feel like TikTok is easier in terms of creating content. You know, you can just spit something yeah. out and sometimes it, you know, goes viral, sometimes it doesn't. But it's just, I, even if there were trolls and there was negative comments, I feel like it's not as personal you can kind of either just delete it and move on. Where is Instagram's more personal level? This is just my experience of what I've found with the two. Yeah. Instagram, I feel like I'm always kind of being more logical and methodical with my decisions in my content and the mm-hmm. way that I post. Whereas TikTok, I still am mindful of what I post because what's out there is important to me. But I am more laid back with what I post and how I show up on TikTok. I'm more of a, it's, it's just easier for me. It's I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> No, I've, I totally agree. It's funny. I was testing like, you know, I'd create an Instagram reel and then I'd sh- or do it on TikTok and then share it as an Instagram reel. And TikTok, it would just feel better. It's more organic. It's right for that channel. And on Instagram as a reel, it's like, like no, nothing. You know, it just doesn't get the same. And I feel Instagram is a much more, it's a word, like not aesthetic, like it is, but it's just, yeah, like you said, more thought goes into it and it's more pre-planned, whereas TikTok, you still have that behind it, but it just feels a lot more easier and more organic. And I don't know, it's like a much nicer (laughs) nicer platform, I think. Yeah, 100%. I feel like, and this is the thing, like they all have their pros and cons. I find that TikTok Mm -hmm. is great, like because a lot of my followers will then follow me on Instagram and become at more personal level, which, yeah, yeah, that's probably where I'll sell more through my stories. But TikTok is a great way to, I guess, get your brand out there and get noticed and build that rapport. And some of my clients are from TikTok straight. They don't even have Instagram. So it's just uh, having more of a diverse 
like like you talk about this a lot, you know, being in different spaces, getting your name out there, getting seen because this is the thing, you've got different markets on different platforms. I find my Instagram is more clients that are for the organisation and prioritisation, time efficiency, and then a lot of clients from TikTok are coming for emotional intelligence and really wanting to learn deep about themselves. So it's very interesting. I'm posting different content and that's a strategy that I'm Mm -hmm. using now just to see what I get, you know, the analytics behind it and research that I do just to kind of, yeah, compare the two. Yeah, so true. And like I said, I'm all for getting yourself out there on as many different platforms as possible. And I think it just shows like, and it reiterates how important it is because you're saying, yes, I've got clients that have just come from TikTok because they don't have Instagram or they've seen me on TikTok and then they've come over to my Instagram and now they're following me. So, you know, you're seeing that like the two sides of how important it is with growth and just building that connection. So I love that that's actually like the reality for you as well. But yeah, I'd love to know like a bit more, I guess, about with your entrepreneurial journey, like, you know, you've been in business for how many years now? Just over three years I've been in business. Yeah. Amazing. So you would have, I don't know, obviously you've learned a lot of things along the way. I'd love to know and just to share with like the listeners any advice that you have that you've learned that you would give to anybody else that's either in business or looking to open their own business? I would say brainstorm, research, do a business plan, do everything before you even think about it, but not just from a business perspective, but also from a life perspective. Do you want to be working those hours? Will that business align with you in the next couple of years? Like, there's so much pre-planning that I wish I knew about, like stamp it aligns with me Mm -hmm. and still aligns with me. But like I said, the other business that I created, the more that I go on, I'm like, well, one, I don't want to put that much time into something. Two, I don't have the time and the flexibility to do that while I have young children. So it's about Mm -hmm. recognizing. And if you do make a decision, you're not stuck with it. It's about, and this is where emotional intelligence comes into it and really kind of going, oh, okay, well, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to put a pause on something because it doesn't align with me. I'm not going to get sad about it. I'm not going to get emotional about it. I'm not going to get angry that I've made that decision or wasted that money or put so much time and effort into it. It was a learning curve. I have learned so much from creating Mm. these businesses that everything that I've done, whether it is good or bad or you know a failure to some, has actually been a blessing in disguise. So I think going in open-minded, doing your research, making sure that you tick off everything before you go ahead with it. And don't listen to what anyone else has to say in terms of if they're saying, oh, that might not be a good idea, but you know in you that it is, like go for it. Like what is the worst if you're doing it and you're mm. really aligning it with who you want to be? I say try it. Like what's the worst that's going to happen? It's a bit, yeah, there are some circumstances where if you were to put down 500000 for a business, that's different. But yeah, that small <laughs> business, like go for it, try it. Don't listen to what anyone else has to say and be confident. Like be confident in your decisions and really enjoy the process because it is a journey that never ends. Mm -hmm. Like it is like a roller coaster and you've got to be willing to adapt to every situation because if you're not, you were just going to fall off somewhere and it's just not going to happen for you. Yeah, so true. And I always say that to enjoy the journey because that's what it is. Like you're always going to have a goal, but then you get there and there's just something else. And so you're forever just on a journey. And I think that yeah making sure you enjoy it and that's why I am so like in awe of you and I respect your decision with you know pausing LinkedIn and then going into your coaching and mentoring because that's what felt right and 
I feel if you don't have the passion and love behind it, then you're just trying to force something and it's probably not going to work out. So I, yeah, I just feel like you just, yeah, made such a big, scary decision to go into coaching and mentoring, but it's obviously paying off because that is a passion of yours and that's what people love. Do you find like, you know, you've gone from a, an e-commerce, well, first you started off with nursing and then you've gone into, you know, having your stamps and e-commerce um, product-based business and now you're in a service-based, like how is, you know, what are you finding the difference between product and service-based and was it hard to adapt to a service-based business or did you find it much easier? I feel they're so different and people don't talk about mm. this. I feel like running an e-commerce business, you can hide behind your brand a little bit. You can be a little bit more, post the pretty pictures and, you know, all those things. And it comes a little bit easier because people promote a product over your service, right? Because it's a product that they get to use majority of the time. That's the way that I have found it. In terms of service base, I would have to say it's actually more complicated than e-commerce. That's mm-hmm. just my take on it. So I feel like it's yeah, easier to get an e-commerce business off the ground and get mm-hmm. it out there to people than it is service-based because when you're selling mm-hmm. yourself, it's a lot harder to show what you're doing, the transformations that you're doing and show up confident for them to believe in you. Like I feel like there's a lot more steps in service-based, especially if yeah. it's just you and you're selling your service and you're starting out in this journey. I feel like it's a lot harder to build that rapport, but also a lot harder to build the brand awareness. Because people mm. easily share a product on their stories, but doesn't necessarily mean they'll share you and what you do. This yeah. is just what I have found through my statistics and analyzing both. I'm a bit of an analytic, methodical person. Mm-hmm. So I look deep down into, you know, what's actually occurring, what's happening. So that's just my take on it. And also one thing I want to touch on with the question before about the journey of entrepreneurship. Mm. The biggest thing I've noticed, and you've probably seen this as well, No matter what field the expert's in, whether it's in, um, you know, copywriting or whatever it is, the thing is people have their own opinions and model of the world. So a lot of people go on social media and like, you know, do this or don't do that. And sometimes you see it and you get so like, what should I be doing? There's a million and one things that I should be doing. And it's very hard for new business owners to, I guess, cipher between that and go, what's actually going to work and what's not going to work. And I just want to give one piece of advice is really take everything with a grain of salt and try everything. See what works, see what doesn't and get rid of the things that serve you and keep the things that are working for you. Like, It's just something that I like to touch on because, you know, I I seen something yesterday on a post. It's like, if anyone puts a grammar mistake into their content, I automatically will not work with them because I think that they should be rereading everything and they should be perfect. Well, no, because we're not robots. We're not AI. We're Mm. not, we're, we're humans. You know, there are going to be errors. And in the beginning of when I seen that, I was like, oh, wow, like I sometimes make mistakes. Does that mean that I'm not as qualified or educated, you know, I'm not as good as as those other coaches. And then I thought, wait a minute, what does it matter? Like if someone makes a mistake, like to me, as a reflection of me and my model of the world, it doesn't matter. Like we're human, like move on. Mm-hmm. Like I would still work with someone exactly. if they made mistakes. Their, their grammar, their punctuation, their spelling is irrelevant to if they're going to get me results or not. So I think just being yeah. mindful of what content you consume and how you put that into your emotions. For sure. There's so much content out there that like it, it is very easy to overconsume and then just get 
off track and mm-hmm. be so confused. And it's funny you say with the um, grammar, and I think I posted something last night and somebody replied, you have a spelling mistake. And I was like, what? I read over it and I was like, wow. I'm like, oh, oh, well, like normally I would be like, oh my God, I'm going to take it down. And, and I was like, I am human and I am here to, I'm better to take action than not take action at all because I'm too worried about, does it sound right? Does it not? Like, you know, is there a spelling? Is I'm, am I missing something? So I can totally agree with everything you just said then because I live and breathe that as well. And yeah, just it's okay to make, I think it makes you more human when you make mistakes because people are like, well, well, you know, it's just how you, I guess, deal with it. And if you continue to show up or let it like ruin your day. (laughs) 100%, definitely. I think that's important that everyone understands that you consume what you want to consume and just, just leave the rest behind because half the things that you'll see on social media are irrelevant to you. Yeah, everything contradicts everything. So <laughs> it depends where you look, I, I find. Well, share with us how, you know, someone can work with you and what is like really involved in your services. Yeah, so going forward, I'm actually crafting the new offers at the moment now that I've added some more, I guess, um, expertise into my area. So I'm really going Love into it. going to be focusing on two webinars a month, which one will be emotional intelligence and one will be the DISC profiling, which is all about the personality and behavioral programming and just really understanding yourself at a deeper level. And then I'm going into a membership, which will be a bit awesome. different to, I haven't shared this at all, even on my social media. So this will be the first people hearing. Oh, you've had it here first. Yeah. <laughs> Which will be very different because the way that I'm doing it is everything that I learn, I'm going to actually educate these people in the membership on that. So like I said, it includes everything. So that goes from mindset to relationships, to kids, to matrix, to quantum healing, to uh, NLP, to business, like pretty much everything that I'm learning throughout my college and my studies I will be passing on the main points from that into my membership that can help people have a better quality of life and really activate the results in themselves. So at a deeper level of giving them the understanding that they don't have to go out and find all this information, they're getting it given to them and getting coaching and mentoring around that. So that's a bit of a a new thing that I've been crafting up and brainstorming because I haven't seen it out there. It probably is out there somewhere, but it's not in my area of people that I, I follow on social media. And also doing that one-on-one coaching. So obviously I'll still continue at a smaller level. So I only can take on a certain amount of one-on-one coaching, which majority of mine work with me for 30 days. Yes, there's some that do to 12 weeks coaching steps that really need a deeper level of work, but I mainly do the 30 days and they have me on Voxer and we chat and we talk. Like I answer every question of theirs, but then I also give them tasks and I give them questions to really sit on, which yeah has been probably one of my favorite ways to work with my clients. That's so cool. And with your membership, can people sign up? Do you have an email list or something where they can kind of just, you know, be the first to know when it is live, where they can kind of keep updated with you? Yeah. So I've got an email list going, which has been incredible. I've been sending all different types of stuff to my email subscribers. So it could be going from ways that they can improve their quality of life, ways that they can increase their emotional intelligence to as random as this sounds, um, slow cooking recipes that mums will love to (laughs) utilize for a short time. So it's very diverse, but very helpful, but you can subscribe over at my website as well. So my email is hello at shannonhill.com. If you do want to email or, um, you know, find a little bit more about that, but they're just some offers that I'm working on now because I really, really want to incorporate the emotional intelligence into kind of every aspect that I do, because I think it will be helpful and beneficial for business owners, but also not for business owners. 
Yeah, I love that you've got that diversity between like moms and yet yeah, non-business owners as well as people that are running a business. I will leave all your info and details in the show notes anyway. So if people do want to come find you over on Instagram or TikTok or your email list, then that will be there. But thank you so much for joining me today. And like I said, I feel like you're such an inspiration. And I do recommend you go follow Shannon on Instagram or TikTok because she does share some really great tips and tricks just to like, I don't know, just help your everyday life and become that better person. So thank you, Shannon. No, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me today. Don't forget, you can learn more about my free resources that will help you scale your business by going to my website, www.silkhyphendigital.com.au. And you can always find the links and resources mentioned in today's episode over there too. I would love for you to come say hi over on Instagram at silkdigital underscore. Thanks so much. And I'll see you in the next episode.